Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And we're coming to you with a, an episode of the podcast this week that uh, kind of occurred to us because we're bad at a particular skill. We have, a, we have an issue that challenges us constantly when John and I play games together. No Is matter, it that we talk too much? Well, yeah, yeah, that actually, the thing that makes us decent at this here podcasted thing is quite a challenge for Warhammer, because somehow in the middle of rolling dice, we will start talking about, Lord knows, just about anything, and then we slow our games down. I mean, way down. <laughs> and, um, well, that does make the games more fun for us sometimes when you're pressed for, you know, a schedule, or you don't have a whole lot of time in your day to get that game in. It could be a problem. And uh, we've also noticed some other tendencies from folks that slow down their games that we might not struggle with as much. And all in all, we figured there was enough gas in this tank to, to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that it's an important thing to be able to recognize, even if you're not playing in a competitive environment, that maybe you want to be able to get a game done in a quicker amount of time so that you can get more games in or maybe your buddy can only play for a few hours on a Saturday because he's got stuff he's got to go do like having that ability means you'll be more likely to play and it'll be less of a a task to ask somebody to, to play a game you know yeah. like that is it is harder to get people as they become adults with responsibilities to sit down and spend you know 16 hours out of a day playing games yeah, that's you know, a big ask. That's a huge ask. It was ask. really easy to do when we were in our early 20s and we were like, let's play Magic for 16 hours or let's play game after game after game of Warhammer. But if you don't schedule out like a weekend of it or like a day of it nowadays as adults, it's just impossible. Yeah. So sometimes you want to just be able to hammer out a, a, a quick game. Yeah, sometimes you just have a few hours on a weeknight and... uh if that's all you got, you really got to make sure you're coming in to get as much out of those hours as you can. Otherwise, yeah. you might not finish. Probably won't and, finish. And there is nothing wrong with taking your time to play the game either. I'm sure you can attest to this too, Joe. Like mm -hmm. that's there's a time and a place for that, right? Like if you if you can spend a whole Saturday playing a couple of games, like two games, I'm jealous. Yeah, do it. In that case, ignore all of these tips we're going to get into. Because, uh, like, you know, you don't need them. Do it if you want to. It doesn't make you any less of a gamer if it takes you six hours to play a Warhammer 40k game. Mm-hmm. We specifically wanted to make this episode for when you're under the gun and you might need a little bit of help. And speaking of being under the gun, time for hobby progress in games played. Bottom end of the shooting phase. <laughs> Uh, John. Okay. Hobby time of games played. What have you been up to over there? So, I bought an airbrush. Hey, oh. Um, I wish. I haven't played that yet. Insert all the 420 Blaze It sound effects, please. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. John um, inserted it for you. Yeah, what's up? Uh, yeah, so I bought all the stuff. It's a lot of stuff you gotta buy for an airbrush. It's not just a brush and a compressor. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, there's not. 
I actually put together a like beginner's kit for John to order uh, of all the stuff that you need to go along with the airbrush that most of the time no one tells you before you get the airbrush and find out you need it. Yeah. And so like, I'm going to play around with the airbrush here soon. Um, I'm hoping that having the airbrush makes a lot of the base coating and stuff that I want to do. Uh, and that takes forever to do and kind of gets boring after doing a while. Just easier. Uh, and I'm hoping to like start playing around some different techniques like using enamels, oils, and stuff like that. And also I need it because I'm going to be building a lot more terrain for playing more games in my new house that I played a game of last night. Hey! Yeah, and... An airbrush just helps with all of that. So in the future, I'm sure, like once I've got more experience with an airbrush, we can do like a small episode where Joe, you'll talk about being a veteran of using an airbrush, and I can talk about being a new person and how it can be frustrating. Yep, yep, yep. And the only difference between someone who's a veteran of using an airbrush and someone who's new is that uh my frustration is deep seated. <laughs> That's really the only difference. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a tool that I feel like is a little overhyped in the community sometimes. Like, I remember before I got mine, like seeing some threads with a couple of comments of people saying like, oh, it's cheating. It's just like skill on a stick. Uh, and then I got that airbrush and it was not. It was well, it's it was really not. It seems more like consistency on a stick. Like it's easier to stay consistent when pressing a button than using a brush. I mean, for the most part. E- you, when you get played around with that, I'd love to see if you still feel that's true. Yes, it's going to be great. I'm going to love shooting myself in the foot. I'm not going to actually foot respond to mouth. that one. I'm going to leave that one for later. <laughs> um, but no, I also played a game last night. Uh, it was 40K. I played some 40K. Look at that. Um, hey. Space Marines versus Necrons. Um, Seth, our editor, has started playing some Necrons. He built up a list. And we played about 1,000 points so that he could start testing out some Necrons, and I haven't played 40k in months. Yeah, you gotta so knock the rust off. Yeah. And we're gonna be playing some 40k as a group in November, so I want to get in some some practice now, and keep working on it going forward, you know, try to get back in the swing of things. 40k is a much more bookkeeping intense game than AOS in a lot of ways. It is, yeah. And so I, I need to, like, remember all that stuff. And Space Marines are a simple faction, at least. That'll be great. Before, you know, I pick up your guard. Talk so. about layers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's just, there's so much I need to get into. And uh, it's exciting. I'm, I am feeling less and less of the draw of the video game and more and more of the draw of I'm going to sit in this corner and paint and listen to podcasts about Space Marines and books about Space Marines for hours so that'll be fun mm-hmm. i also finished a couple of novels this week so nice 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 well i doing a whole lot of stuff in the universe uh, just not a lot of it putting it on social media it's okay i've been picking up your slack on the instagram um i have uh similarly been uh hobbying away um uh as we've as John mentioned, we have uh, a boys' day coming up in early November. Um, it, we've got friends who play that are spread out all over. Uh, you know, we're here in Kentucky, and like, and John and I are in different parts of Kentucky. And then we've got like one bud who wants to play who's up in like uh, South Ohio. It's not even South; it's closer to Central, but like 
up in Ohio, and then another bud who's way up in Ohio in Cleveland. So it is hard. Like, we love to play together, but it's hard for us to play together without planning stuff out. So we have planned another Boys Day early November, which is very exciting, and I am super hyped for it. We're all going to meet up in my new house. Uh, now that I got room to like host a bunch of people and tables comfortably, and that's going to be great. But that means I've got a hobby away. Oh my god, um, I'm under the gun. And so, John, the bastard man he is. Yes. Uh, I I have two like 40k forces that I could play for that weekend. Like I could either, both of which need some work before they'd be fully painted for the thousand point games. Um, but one of them was way closer to being done than the other. So I put up like, Hey, like what do you, who do y'all want to fight against or like alongside the salamanders or the custodies? The salamanders were much closer to done. And John, the bastard man he is rallies everyone to vote custodies, which aren't nearly done. <laughs> At least they're a low model count. They are. They are. They're a high detail, low model count. Um, so <laughs> I had to... Start working on custodies over the past week. Uh, I had ten guys that I had covered in a uh, in an enamel wash uh, a long time ago, and I I made a mistake. I made an oopsie that turned out to be kind of cool, uh, where I didn't strip the like black oil wash off them immediately, and then it sets and hardens way harder, and I didn't know that. So I pulled them out after them sitting in the case with that wash on them for like a year. And some of it just would not come off. The only place I could get it to come off was on the uh, places that are red. So like capes, I could get it to come off on raised edges. Uh, power weapons, I could get it to come off on most of it and the raised edges. And then like their plumes. And the rest of them, they're shadow keepers. So like the gold is dusky, sort of like muted as if it's in shadow. And then like the rest of the armor is black, so it's also dark. And I was kind of a little down as I was trying to strip the stuff away. Like, oh man, like I'm going to have to repaint the... And then it hit me. Like as I stripped the paint at the the sort of darkened area just off of the power weapons. And like the red cloaks and a little bit of the plumes. They actually looked kind of sick. Like I, it, everything's dark except for like the bright red bits. Kinda looks great, especially the power weapons. It looks like they're in shadow, and the light is only coming off of that. So uh, I made a big oopsie doodle that turned out to be actually kind of cool. So I spent uh, some of last week stripping what I could off of the power weapons and stuff to get those custodies done. Uh, so I've got that's my foot dudes ready to go, but I also had to order. Uh, a box of uh, custodian terminators and uh, custodian jet bikes. Ordered those boxes. They got here. I built up the jet bikes, and uh, they're almost ready to hit the paint table. Also been searching around for a 3D print of a Telamon Heavy Dreadnought. Found one. Gonna have to fire up the 3D printer. And then uh, in between all of that, I've also been working on orcs. I've got that crusade campaign coming up. And uh, I really didn't want to lose my momentum there. So I finished my huge batch of 20 Beast Snaga Boys, and I think they turned out great for a speed paint. Uh, pictures are up on Instagram if y'all want to see them. Um, 
Use that streaking grime, John, and ooh boy, ooh wee, uh, that stuff's awesome. Highly recommend. Oh it. yeah, I can't wait. Uh, and they look dusty and dirty, and like they've lived on the road for a while, and it's it's perfect for the force I'm going for. Just perfect. Uh, so I am tickled pink by those. So those twenty boys are now done. And then immediately, in between all the rest of the hobby, I also started working on uh, six squig hog pigs, two bomb squigs, and two smash squigs. Uh, because they're on the table and you might as well knock them out, you know what I mean? When you feel the, the call to hobby, you keep it rolling. Um, so I've got them primed up, I got them zenithalled, and I got them base coated in the first uh, color of red. And uh, I'm probably... Hell, tonight I'm going to start working on laying the other colors down to try to get uh get the pigs ready. And then the only thing that will be left for my Crusade Force for the first, like, 25 power level is uh getting the Beast Boss on Squigasaur, but I can't get my hands on one right now. Because, uh, you know, shipping issues. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I've got, like, a mountain of hobby progress going on over here. Similar to John, I have felt the call of the video game far less. So really, like, I'm I'm not playing games. I just sort of... I've been reading. I've watched some spooky movies with my wife because it's, you know, it, it is the season. And uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm pretty much at the paint table trying to get some work done. Look at that. We're getting old. and We're we just, like, working on our little model planes and watching scary movies with the wife. <laughs> Yeah, you know, in between, of course, house stuff, but like... Oh, yeah, there's lots of responsibility of being a new homeowner. That's been a... A lot of maintenance I'm doing over here. So, like, uh, it's really just, like, I'm always working on something, but, it, it like, am I working on the car? Am I working on the house? Am I working on the models? Like, working on the the marriage? Um, you know, got to work on something. But I got to say, uh, we might have to do a full episode on this later, but, like... I don't know. When I play video games for like four hours, I sometimes get to the end and go, man, why the hell did I do that? Like, I could have done something more fulfilling than that. That was empty nothing. But I never feel that when I like work on these models. And I'm starting to have that realization more and more. Uh, and I think it's pulling me towards the models more. Because every time I get done working on models for three hours, I look at it and go, hey, that was great. <laughs> like, well done. Well done. Good job, me. And uh, I'm hoping that realization can just keep my hobby moving, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Might be a full episode topic later. I'd have to do some thinking on that one. But first, I guess let's move on to the topic. Alright, John. So... If we're going to talk about speeding up games, I think we sort of have to start at the base level as we always do. Like, if we're going to come in here and we're going to start discussing with the viewers exactly how they should do it, we should first kind of explain why it might be helpful to do. Like, when does this matter? And I think we touched on it before, but I do want to say it again because I don't at all want anyone listening to this to feel like they have to change how they play their games or that how they are playing their games are wrong or um, that their tendencies are wrong because I absolutely do not think that's the case. 
And uh, I could see how it could be misconstrued. So I want to be upfront. If you have no time restrictions for when you're playing with your bud, if you've got all the time in the world and you're not at a tournament, you're not at like on a game day, you're not trying to like get a bunch of games in for a league on a particular time frame, none of this matters. Y'all can take as long as you want. You can talk about anything you want. Um, you can look up your rules however often you need to. You can take a break, go get food, have a few drinks. Like it's whatever. Take your time, relax. It's your time to unwind and have a little bit of fun. And I encourage you to do so. Instead, uh, here, these tips are really for when you are under the gun and you do not have much time, or the time you do have has multiple games that have to be fit in. So you're trying to optimize. Would you say that's fair, John? Yeah, I think that's probably the best summarization. Sum summary? Summary. That's the word. The best summary I can give you <laughs> to why this is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're at a tournament, sometimes, most of them have hard time limits on how long each game can be. So you're really yeah. under the gun. You can't have more time. There is no wiggle room. You have to finish. And the environment's just different. Like, if you're, if you're playing at a tournament, and I've played, like, local tournaments, I haven't played, like, the big tournaments, um, you are still, like, we are getting three games in today, you have this much time per turn, per hour, to get, you know, finished, or you hit the time limit, and the game ends, and that kind of determines your overall score. Sure incentivized to, like, hurry up and get it done. You also don't want to be that guy who's, like, playing slow for advantage, because that sucks. Uh, what a turd. Yeah, like, you don't want to do that. Um, but that's a different environment because it's kind of much, it's much more pressured because you are in a competitive place where you guys are both kind of trying to win against one another a lot more so than necessarily having a good time. The mm -hmm. good time happens because that's how good sportsmanship works. But when you're just playing a casual game, it's much easier to just be like, eh, whatever, five hours for a 1500 point game ain't nothing. But for some people, maybe they want to try to get two games in. Um, especially if one's kind of a stinker, like if I, if I bring like an accidentally, accidentally too powerful list to go against Joe, wipe him like in two turns, but those two turns take three hours. He's going to be a little frustrated if he can't play another game. Mm -hmm. yeah, but just, then there's no time, especially if yeah. like two turns took three hours. What would a four or five turn game take? Yeah. yeah. Um, so like coming up with some ways of helping to fix that is good i mean and this is also a problem that will get better the more you play yeah which we'll get to later um but i do think there is a benefit to be gained with a little bit of intentionality if this is something that you feel you want to work on uh for whatever reason so if if we're all in agreement and we're all sort of on the same page about why you sometimes need to try to play a little faster or when there might be times that you feel pressured to do so. Uh, John, what do you think are like some of the things that eat up the most time when you're playing your games? Cause like, I think everybody out there when I just said that probably pondered on like their own stuff. And uh, I think very quickly, almost anyone who's played a more than a couple of games of Warhammer can name a couple of things that really eat up time at the table. Well, I think that the first thing is the stuff that eats up the most time is not during the game. It's mm -hmm. the stuff outside of the game. So, like, 
if you know that you're going to need to eat, which you're probably going to if you're playing Warhammer for uh, most of the day, it's not just like a single game in an afternoon. You're going to want to figure out what you're eating before you sit down and play. Because nobody wants to have to pause the game, turn three to go get food, or, you know, at the end of one game, go get food and take like 40 minutes figuring out what to eat and then go to actually eat, take like an hour to eat and then come back. You waste like two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, so setting up what you want to eat ahead of time, great idea. The other thing is like, if you are hosting a game, set up the play space beforehand, or if you show up first to the game store, maybe set up some space, pull out the materials, pull out what needs to be done, like to get the game ready also helps because all of those like little things add up to hours, right? Mm -hmm. 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 30 minutes here. Like, yeah, it seems like not a lot, but when it's all combined, you're like, that's a whole nother game I could have gotten in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it matters. That can... Yeah, that kind of stuff helps, you know, setting like in like setting set breaks during the the game will really help uh, instead of just breaking whenever like I, I have this really bad habit of like after every turn taking a break, uh, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't not conducive to getting it like getting an actual like the whole day of gaming in great if I'm trying to teach somebody or like trying to like decipher how powerful a list is or like do some theory in between playing and like deconstruct each turn. Not great to just get in the games. Yeah. That will take up a whole bunch of time. Um, and I think that kind of dovetails into one of the things I've seen people take some too much time with is like worrying over a decision. Like, Oh yeah. Big, big mood. Yeah. Let's say you're sort of like you're in your charge phase and your big powerful melee unit has, two or three unit enemy units in range that they could decide to charge against. And any one of those three could be compelling for different reasons, but you can't get them all. So you got to pick one, one of them. I have seen people sit at the table for 15 minutes upon thinking and thinking and thinking and considering and weighing on which one they're going to charge. And that is just a charge for a single unit on one turn. Uh, if you take sort of that tendency and you multiply it out across every phase of all five turns, uh, you could find that the game gets longer than you think just because of that one factor. Yep. Um, and I think, as John mentioned earlier, some of this comes down to like more experience makes you faster. And I think this is one of those moments when you've played enough Warhammer for a while, you do sort of your subconscious uh, calculations on like what move is correct and isn't become more fine tuned because you just got more experience, more data, whatever you want to call it to work off of. And your brain will more quickly go, mm, yeah, I should probably charge like unit two. Okay, we're charging two. Let's go. And on the back end, let's say you charge unit two and that goes poorly. The more experience you have, the more able you are to just go, well, that's the game. GG. And be fine with it. So you're not even, so you're making a decision quicker and you're not worrying about it. Because what's the worst that happens? You lose at plastic toys. That's, I've lost to plastic toys before. I can lose again. Um, well, it's also that like, if losing does bother you, um, 
try to change your mindset on it. Mm-hmm. Like if you if if the decision paralysis is what's stopping you from like making choices quickly in a game, both choices are going to have positive and negatives. Even if you lose because of the choice you made, you still learned a thing and can use that for the next game. Mm-hmm. And it will be more beneficial in the long run than if you would have just made the right choice and won. Yeah, and very rarely is there like an outright wrong decision. So you're going to have a bunch of these decision points. Yeah. Um, every turn, you're going to have some decisions where both seem like enticing choices. And if it's going to come up a lot, it might be worth trying to work through whatever that uh, anxiety is over those decisions. One, I think most importantly, isn't actually to speed up the games, but to improve your enjoyment. Yes. But two, it also does factor into speeding up your games. So, you know, if you're someone who uh, who feels that struggle, something maybe you can look into and try to work on. It'll help you. Yeah, it's like one of those uh, two birds, one stone situation. You exactly. Know? Uh, something about birds and bushes. It'll just work out. But also, I think, tying, like continuing with the idea that experience can make you faster... Uh, one of the things that also takes a long time, at least it does for me, because I notice it when I'm learning a new force heavily, is things that slow me down are like having to look up weapon profiles and rules. Oh, yeah. Because like, obviously, uh, since 9th dropped, I have played a single game of Warhammer 9th edition. Because, you know, around here, my group is more casual and we don't like playing new codexes against old codexes it just feels bad so we just don't play it but now that more codexes are coming out starting to maybe play more and all of the weapon profiles that had that i had memorized from eighth are different all of them different so even for older books i've got to stop every single time i'm going to attack or shoot or charge and i got to pull up the rules for that unit and I have to do that for every unit in my army because they've all changed. And if you're well, playing a new book, it's even more so. And on top of that, like you're, you're saying if you're playing a new book, it's even more so. It, it's also that there's a lot of rules to upkeep in like specifically 40k. AOS is a little bit less. There's a little bit mm-hmm. more in the new edition, but it's more flavorful. And I think that's the same for ninth, but ninth just has like a whole nother level of it mm-hmm. where you've got like stratagems and you've got chapter bonuses you've got chapter relics you've got warlord traits you've got uh secondary objectives you've got you've got all of these things that you need to keep track of and you have to be constantly referencing when you're making decisions and doing things and i i think that slows the game down when you have to go okay well what's the psychic power do again uh what is this uh this artifact that i took do again uh, what about this uh, specific rules interaction with like pylons, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. requires like a lot of lookup stuff. Oh man, and what's the FAQ to... for pylons? How does this exactly work? Oh, do we have to reference the rare rules? Good God. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, so it just, it could get a lot really fast. And I think me and Joe kind of address this in different ways. And uh, so you might find that you side with one of us or the other one. I address it by researching heavily everything about what I need to do in the game, right? Mm -hmm. If I know that my army is melee focused, I want to become an expert at the melee phase. If I know that I'm a shooting 
like uh, focus faction. I'm going to know exactly how shooting works and how it interacts so that I can have a fa- I can give fair and balanced like decisions to my opponent if there's questions and I can show examples, right? And I can memorize where those examples are so we don't have to go searching for them. Mm-hmm. And then I'll also write down notes for everything in my army. Like I don't just use like a battle scribe or like the Warhammer app to build an army, that's just where I get the points to build all of it and have it easily accessible for data sheets on my phone. Mm-hmm. I also have like a paper where I write down like what stratagems I'm going to use, what my chapter tactics are, what my secondary objectives are going to be looking like. And I, I kind of create a little notepad for myself to work in. You don't have to use paper. You can also use like an Excel spreadsheet or whatever is easy for you while playing. But I think that that helps for having like a, allows you to make better decisions because you don't have to worry about remembering 70 different things mm-hmm. at all times. Definitely can speed things up. What about you, Joe? How do you handle the, you know, like we talked in the last episode, complexity of having so much bookkeeping? Not that way. Dear God. <laughs> you talked about that. My eyes glazed over. Um, I don't, John has always been more able to like dig into the theory of something and just like, yeah, I'm a think it out. I'm a read some stuff and I'm a really ponder everything and work through it mentally. And, uh, that ain't how I do anything. So, um, I am a practical learner. Always have been probably always will be. Uh, I have to get my hands on something before I can really learn how it works. And I mean, even like looking back at my college career, my like normal actual class scores like let's say uh animal physiological ecology Mm, okay but my labs a plus and it's that way everywhere so in wargaming instead of trying to work through it by doing the john method i just accept that i'm gonna have to get some practical knowledge of this new book uh i will pick an opponent who i know uh, is patient and knows me. So, and I will make sure that we have a time where we're not like rushing to get through a bajillion games. And I will just dig into that book every single time I'm going to do something. I'll pre-mark my pages so I know where stuff is. But, you know, oh, I'm going to make a charge with my Beast Snaga Boys. All right, let me flip to the Beast Snaga Boys thing. Huh, yes, I see their special rules. I have looked at it in practice, and I'm going to use one right now. Ah, yes, they have here we go. It means I can re-roll my charges. All right, I roll the charge. I re-roll the charge. All right, I made it in. In that moment, I have just internalized their movement. I've internalized that they have a special rule, and then I've internalized what that special rule does. And same thing for, like, weapon profiles, or attack profiles, or... Uh, aura abilities or like character buffs like all of that stuff are things that I have to see it on a table before my brain will memorize it and then I actually find I don't really need like reminder sheets I just subconsciously have it all but I have to play it a time or two before I can get there you know what I mean yeah yep if I could do it first time off I'd probably be a much smarter man but um yeah, it just sort of writes itself in there in like that deep coded area of the brain. And uh, then I'm good to go. Yeah. I mean, mine is much more of like a mixed thing. Because I still need like the actual practice and reps in to really get a grasp on it. Mm-hmm. But 
I tend to do a, a little bit more of the, the research and note taking like a giant nerd. You nerd. Uh, time. Giant nerd. Whereas you're over here going, uh huh, I played football in high school. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I did. I played football and wrestled. That's the joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's different approaches to it. I think that's also important to, to know ahead of time. Like if you know you're going to have like, for instance, we've got a big game day happening in November. Mm-hmm. If I know, and I'm Joe, right? And I know I want to play this new force. And I want to get in reps with that force before the game. I'm going to talk to my buddy and try to get like a game or two in. Oh, yeah. Right? Ahead For of sure. And like really figure it out before we sit down to try to play six games. Uh, whereas with me, like, I'm doing a ton of research about guard, because I'm going to try to play guard that weekend, right? Like, I'm getting some of this guard from Joe here soon, I'm going to try to paint it up with an airbrush, and I'm probably going to fail drastically at it. It's, it's going to be great. Like crap on the table. But it's going to be wonderful, and I'm going to put a bunch of dudes on a table, they're going to die, that they're going to be happy for it, I'm writing a narrative about them, you know? It's going to be great. But I have no n- next to nothing about playing guard in 8th, let alone ninth edition. And so I really need to dig in there, especially considering they're, you know, declared as like a lower tier faction. So I'm really like trying to challenge myself. Like, how can I really push them to the next level? Mm-hmm. Got to so punch above be, their weight class. Yeah. So I'm doing a ton of research and note keeping and all this other stuff. And maybe make some index cards. Yeah. Make some and, tools. And whatever method works for you, you know, whatever your particular uh, preferences or how your brain works. Doing that prep will make you faster, <laughs> much yes. faster, because it is slow to look up your rules as you go. It just is. It slows things down. Uh, and I mean, you can see it in practice, you know, like just really quickly. All right. Uh, I'm going to shoot John's guard. Uh, let me see how many shots I have. Uh, all right. I got three and I have nine dudes there. Okay, I got all my dice. Uh, what do they hit? Uh, roll my dice. Oh, crap. What do they hit on? Uh, fives. Okay, they hit on fives. And then you start removing dice. And once you remove them all... Alright, roll dice to wound. Crap, what is, like, what's the strength of this weapon? Uh, Alright, start doing removals. And then, alright, John goes to roll his saves. And, crap, I don't even know the AP. Alright, let me look up the AP. Alright, minus one. John roll saves. Damage? Okay, damage. Like, damage too. Okay. That's the attack sequence end. Whereas if you... And I think... Yeah, like, if you already know it, it is much faster. It's just like, all right, roll my dice. Hit on threes. Roll to wound. Wound on fours. Minus one. And I think to that point, like, one of the best things you can do, especially if you're new to a faction, is build a list at, like, a thousand points, right? Mm -hmm. And then don't change that. Play that list... And then when you buy new stuff that you want to add to that list, just add that to the force. Don't rewrite the list. Yeah. Just add a new thing. And keep doing that until you're at like 2,000 points. And then play that for a while. And then buy more stuff that you want to buy. And then start interchanging stuff. Like, I, I had that bad habit when I first started playing the game where I went out and I bought like... When I started playing Necrons, right? I played Necrons like 7th edition. Mm-hmm. I bought like 4,000 points of Necrons. Whew. And then kept changing like the different units i was bringing to each game and i would like always try these new builds but i never really fully learned much of anything besides like the warriors Mm -hmm. and like the stuff i brought every game so i stopped doing that and i started just 
bringing the same thing over and over again. Did I lose often with some of these forces? Yeah, because I'm new to the faction. And then, you know, I slowly started seeing the improvements of what I can do and really get a handle of what can this faction do, what can this faction not do, and what tools do they have access to that I can test out and try. Mm-hmm. And that really not only builds your ability as a player and builds your ability as a list builder, but it also builds your ability as, you know, to play the game fast when you can just go, oh yeah, that uh, those dudes, their guns are strength four, they are uh, AP minus one, one damage piece, they hit on threes, I got five of them, five shots, fives to hit, uh, your toughness four, so that's fours to wounds, all right, uh, that's two wounds at uh, AP minus one, okay, cool, cool, done. 30 mm-hmm. second little shooting. Let's go. Yeah. And you'll internalize it better. So like that is the epitome of why slow grow leagues are so helpful for new players. All the, like you hear that all the time. That's why. Cause you're getting consistency and you're internalizing stuff. Uh, and that's really the key. And if you could do that, I promise y'all your gains will just speed themselves up. Um, it is probably the most helpful thing you can do and especially because knowing your rules doesn't detract from your interactions with the other players yeah and for for some reason there is this weird mentality in the community that if you're not playing a 2000 point game you're not playing a full game and i just disagree with it on its face yeah i don't like the core of that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think that you are you're gatekeeping the game from people that a probably don't have the money to drop all the money required for the two thousand point list. Uh, same thing with even a thousand points. Like I think that the 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 new introduction of the combat patrol missions in ninth edition that allow you to play with just the combat patrol box and every faction's combat patrol box is usable in that mission set is the perfect place to start playing the game and to get multiple games in. Like you buy this like hundred and I think it's twenty dollar box or something like that. It's like a bigger start collecting box. Build it, paint it, play it against your other buddies who get combat patrol combat patrol boxes. Play that for a couple of weeks, and then go buy the next thing, add it to it, play. Buy the next thing, add it to it, play. Then you look, you got to a thousand points pretty quickly. Play a thousand points for a while. See what else you like. Buy it, build it, paint it. Go play fifteen hundred. Then go play two thousand. Like that is a fun way of playing the game. That is entirely valid, and it means that someone isn't expected to have a, a full grasp of a two thousand point list, and have the speed to be able to do that two thousand point list immediately. Like it's okay to spend two hours playing a five hundred point game, so that you can learn the game. So that when you go play a thousand point game. It's maybe only 2,000 points to play double the amount of points. And then you play that for a while. And then you go to 1,500. And what do you know? The time isn't really going up that it takes to play the game. You're just adding more to the table. Mm -hmm. And eventually you get really fast because you've been practicing and learning slowly. And there's, like, I I disagree on its face that the only way to play the game is 2,000 or you're playing a skirmish game. I think that's, I think it's asinine. Like, (laughs) is it more than 10 models? It's not a skirmish game. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just dumb. Just dumb. Don't agree. Um, Another thing that I really would caution against is sometimes when people talk about, um, you know, trying to make games faster, it's oftentimes talked about in reference to tournaments, but I think it sometimes could pop up anywhere. Uh, One of the things some people suggest is, oh, well, like, you eat up a lot of time talking to your opponent, so just, like, stop talking. Just, like... 
don't chat about anything or don't be overly friendly. You're here to play a game and do the business and get out of there. And uh, y'all, I hate that concept. (laughs) Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) Like that just, that's bad. I cannot disagree more. Cannot possibly disagree more. Uh, You can do all of the things that we just talked about in this episode and speed up the game without hurting your interactions with your opponent at all. You can still chat while you're rolling dice. You can joke. You can laugh. You know, while you're in the movement phase and like just moving your stuff around, why, why can't you be friendly? Like what? Why? I don't, I don't understand. Uh, we are here to have a good time, not to like get in and get out and exfil at 0800. Like we're, we're not missing a window to be picked up out of Kandahar. It's going to be okay. Um, you could, Talk to people like this is a social game and anything that would detract from that, I would caution you against doing. Yeah. And I think that it misses the point and your games will still be long. Like even if we took out the conversations, right? From a lot of the the games, you're Mm -hmm. still going to end up having long games if you haven't addressed the other problems. Yes. It's just going to be a bad time. Yeah. (laughs) Then you're just having a bad time. Like it's perfectly okay. You know, it's one thing like Joe's had to tell me a couple times when we've played games before where he's just like, hey, bud, like we got like two hours to get this game done. You cannot be st- taking a break for a cigarette like every turn <laughs> yeah. and spend 15 minutes outside chat with me. Like I get it, but like let's get let's get it done. And uh, that's that's different. But like we'd go back inside and I would get like a drink and start drinking like like a, like a Diet Coke and chatting just like we were chatting outside, but we're at the table doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's completely different. That's fine. We're still chatting. We're still having a good time. And we've been able to get 2000 point games in and done in under two hours, like about two hours, a little, maybe a little bit over. Yeah. When we both knew our lists really well. Yeah. And when we both knew it, what we wanted to do, I think you were playing blood angels and I was playing black legion. Like, yep. We knew we it. Just, like we didn't have to look up weapon profiles or nothing. We'd been both been playing our armies for quite a while. We knew the mission objective, you know? Yeah. In that case, we even, I'm not looking anything up. Neither is ye. And a lot of the conversations we were having was even just about the game where, like, Joe tried to make a move um, and position himself to do a thing. And I could see what he was trying to do. And I recognized that maybe he didn't realize, like, what I had mm-hmm. that, like, was going to prevent him from being able to do that. Like, it wasn't just a, oh, no, I outmaneuvered you. No, it was a gotcha. And I was like, hey, bud, just so you know, like, this thing exists here. And he goes, oh, I forgot about that quickly readjust and move but even with like little moments like that we still got it done in under two hours because we just did some of these things yeah and that was on a terrain heavy board the most terrain heavy board i've yeah. ever played again played on and, and it was, was great <laughs> but even with that even having to like move models around terrain and off of like raised platforms and measure vertical as well as horizontal. i was playing 100 plus cultists like i was playing a Almost a horde list, like yeah. Well, I was a really nice person, and uh, I just helped him pick those models up. So yeah, uh, it was great. That was super good, guy <laughs> Joe. Good guy Joe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really pat yourself on the back with that one. I am a philanthropist, John. You are welcome. I am a humanitarian. I provided homes in the dirt for these cultists. That is a sacrifice I'm willing for you to make. <laughs> 
but here, yeah, Raytheon. Like, it, <laughs> it can be done. Uh, you know, and we had a good time doing it, and I would love for y'all to be able to do the same. And, you know, we've given a, quite a bit of advice here, but by all, no means are we an exhaustive source. I am no. sure there are things that we are missing. Just are. It's bound to happen. And if we we'll are rank stuff, amateurs best. Yes, we are amateurs at best. Um, but if we are missing something and you've done some, you know, you've had experience that sort of adds to the conversation, we'd love to hear it. You know, if there's enough, we'd even make follow-up episode on it. Because, you know, title it, We're Dummies and Forgot Some Stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's kind of for every episode. Like, if any of you guys ever are like, hey, you guys missed this thing that I really want to hear about. I have no qualms doing an entire episode over something like that. No, not at all. Like, I, If we miss something, I, 100%. we'll fix it. We'll make it right. And you could send that over to us in a, you know, in the YouTube section. Uh, you could hop in the comments, and we read all of the comments that hop up there. Uh, and if you're listening on any of the bajillion podcast platforms that we put this thing up on, you reach out to us on social media, Twitter, Instagram. They're both up there. Uh, happy to talk to people there and send your suggestions. It could be followed up on, made into an episode. We could chat about it in DMs. I mean, some, like, Shane, if you're out there, like... He's made a request, like he has made a request or two that have become full episodes. So by all means, we're more than willing to go back and talk about stuff if we just miss things. And uh, also, if you don't mind, leave a rating for the podcast, you know, an honest one. I'm not going to say make it good or bad, just however you actually feel. We love the feedback. It's the only way we improve. And if you're on YouTube, you know the stuff that we ask you to hit because it helps people find the podcast. Like, subscribe, comment. Sacrifice a goat for this podcast so that it can become, you know, mildly professional. Invoke our name in the pale moonlight so that we can gather souls on this All Hallows' Eve. You know, the basic stuff that every content yeah. creator asks. Yeah, yeah. Support our affiliate link down there for, um, I don't know, the getting goat's blood for our gothic partners. <laughs> John. You fumbled at the finish line, didn't you? My, listen, I I couldn't even see the finish line. I'm supposed to wear glasses. Don't have them. Like, playing football instead. <laughs> Tripped. <laughs> screwed my knee up. Now I can't go, go to college on a scholarship. Uh, <sighs> oh, <laughs> Jesus, John. We appreciate y'all. That's all of our meager opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all on the next episode.